about whether you'd gotten a chance to watch All In, I was like, I really hope he says no. Because <laughs> I really did like, I could have watched all of it today, but I really didn't want to. Man, I just, I had been so busy with the wedding and everything. I just, I, I ain't had any time. Yeah, man. And like, same here. I realized on, what day did I realize that? We're live, by the way. Just people know our know our know our business. Um, <laughs> I think it was Wednesday. I think it was Wednesday. I realized that no, it was Thursday because I should have watched it on Wednesday because I was off, but I did uh, other things. And uh, I realized Thursday. I'm like, shit. I don't know when I'm gonna have a chance to watch this damn thing. <laughs> so I'm like, I'm gonna have to do it on Sunday, which is always a bear. But anyway, welcome everyone. Do I can, I can make sure it's watched by next episode. Well, we can't next episode. Interesting. It'll have to be the one after that. Interesting. Okay. Which actually, that's okay because this podcast was, we kind of fell into this uh, kind of rut of doing like current event wrestling. This podcast was never supposed to be just like a wrestling news thing. Well, because you can find that there's Wrestle Talk, there's PWI, there's whatever Meltzer's doing, Wrestling Observer, all that stuff. So, like, if you want current events, you know, you can get that. We'll do sometime, like, if there's a big show, which there were a lot of big shows, so I guess I understand why. But so tonight we are talking tag teams. And then the next episode, we're talking the best and worst wrestling weddings. And then. We will do the original all in 2018. So we got the next three episodes planned out. Okay. And this podcast is brought to you by the Tune Talk 2.0 podcast. We'll touch on them in a moment, but full disclosure, um, I've said it before, I'll say it again. I didn't really hardcore get into wrestling until 2006. So I'm gonna I, I'm going to annoy a lot of people because like I'm not gonna bring up like the Freebirds, for example, because I didn't watch the Freebirds. I can't really comment on it. I've seen them in passing, but like I haven't watched enough to be like, oh yeah, and I understand they're a historic tag team, but I didn't watch them. Um, I guess I could touch on them a little bit, but I'm, I'm like, I didn't grow up watching it at that time, but I grew up watching a lot of old wrestling because of Benji. Right, and that's and that's fine because like there's old WWF stuff and WCW stuff and ECW stuff that I saw after the fact, but I watched it. Yeah. So I don't want to, I don't want to be, you know, full of crap and be like, Oh yeah, the free birds. And I've never watched a full match of theirs. I know heresy. Yeah. yeah. But I got, so, I got stuff maybe, to do. <laughs> yeah. We all got, maybe you can, maybe what we can do is you name a tag team and we'll talk about it. And then we'll all name a tag team and we'll talk about it and we'll just go back and forth that way. Yeah, that works. Um, I'll start out on a positive note. And uh, just, you got to talk about FTR. I love the way FTR works because um, they work like an 80s style NWA tag team. And I love it. And like if you put them and you put them in the 80s, they would have fit perfectly with the Legion of Doom and the, the Four Horsemen and all that era of the 80s NWA. I think they would fit in perfectly. I always thought you could have taken a stable. Like, let's, okay, let's, perfect thing. If if they were back in WWE as the revival right now, uh, you could easily make a stable with Orton, Cody, and FTR or the revival. I think it would work with Cody. I don't know how much Orton. I'm thinking in terms of like the best in-ring workers that are there right now. And to overall athleticism, psychology, all that, particularly psychology. Okay. Then if, you, if you're talking in that way, then I, 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 I think I can agree on that. It's, it, 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 it'd be kind of like a legacy 2.0, but FTR 
not literal legacies, but they harken back to a revival of old school wrestling. You wouldn't call it Legacy 2.0. You know, but uh, I think they put on really good matches or even just pairing FTR with Cody, like you said, because Orton's not really active right now. No, there's there's some rumors, rumors and speculations that doctors don't want don't want to clear him to come back that he should stay gone. But I've also read uh, some rumors about how he may come back. So at this point, it's all rumors, and he couldn't. He couldn't. We we don't know. I don't know if he's a great teacher because, like, let's be real. You can be the greatest in the world, but that doesn't mean you can teach. Yeah. But if if he can teach. He needs to be a trainer. Because the way he moves, man, it's he might be the smoothest in-ring worker that I've ever seen. Yeah, his transitions from spot to spot to move to move is so, so solid and so smooth. He just, it, it, his transitions are so perfect. It's the best way to describe it is it's just so smooth he's like a snake it's like it's like he he knows exactly what to do with his body when to do it with maximum precision and timing that if you like if you watch for it you'll see it but if you don't you don't even notice it because it's just so fluid and natural for him exactly but yeah, and here. But speaking of tag teams, though, uh, Randy Orton, which was one of my favorite tag teams, I thought they hit a gold mine, which it was doomed. It was destined to die, but rated RKO. Ooh, that was ooh. Talk about, I I suspect. Now I may have actually heard or read this somewhere, but I can't remember. But I suspect that that wasn't supposed to be a long term thing. But then they they did it. And we're like, oh, we gotta milk this, cause that their their feud with DX, the reformed DX, yeah, that was great. that was some great. That was no miss television. Every week. Here's a, here's a a solid tag team, an underrated tag team in my opinion. Deuce and Domino. Dude, you know what? No, I I'm glad. Never won the tag team titles. Nope, but I'm, you know what? I'm really glad you brought them up because, if you recall, that's 2006-2007. WWE had, like, amazing tag teams. Yep. Kendrick and London, the Highlanders. Uh, like you said, Deuce and Domino. Deuce and Domino were so good. You still had Chavo and um, Eddie still that was still somewhat together. I yeah, mean, you had Eminem. Yep, you had Eminem. You had... Um, super crazy and psychosis. Were they the Mexicals? Uh, I think that's what they were. They came out the lawnmowers. Yeah, that was them, the Mexicals. Yep. I mean, there was such solid tag team in the 06, 07 era. I mean, they were stacked, dude, and consistently good. They had consistently good mid-card workers, too, though, because you had, like, the Jimmy Wang Yangs and... Nope. Uh, I mean, Kendrick was there. He was in a tag team most of the time. I mean, Test was still around. Was Test good? I mean... Definitely imposing. I mean, you got You got Umaga. Umaga was a solid worker. Around that era. Well, and I'm glad that Solo just... Solo works like Umaga, but less monster. Yeah. And Umaga made it work. You know what's hilarious, though? And this is how, like... It, this is how good he was. So, like, I knew he wasn't, like, a wild man, but I remember it seeming weird. They had a back... I don't even remember what it was. It wasn't WWE programming, but it was backstage. It was this backstage video, and Umaga's back there, and he's just like, hey, bro, what's up? And I'm like, you're not supposed to talk. <laughs> Speaking of Umaga, when it was... um. What was his name? It was Rico. Um, oh God, what was it? It was before Re- Umaga was Umaga. That was a little before my time. 
No, that was right at the beginning of it. Oh, I don't remember it then. It would have been it would have been Riki, Rico, um, Rosie, Rosie and Umaga. Well, was Rogi, Rosie his name? I thought Rosie was his name. Don't quote me on that because that would have been that would have been just before I started watching. I may have even I may have even seen Rosie in passing. I just don't remember it. I can't remember their name now. When did actually? I gotta look because I I will never forget this. This was how I got into watching re- wrestling on a weekly basis. Um, my, well, no, he wasn't my roommate at the time. My future roommate at the time, I was hanging out at his apartment all the time, and he watched West wrestling religiously. But that was back when you could buy the pay-per-views on DVD, and WWE was releasing all kinds of like old footage, particularly the Rise and Fall of ECW, and like old ECW matches. And that is where I saw, I want to say it was the second match RVD had against Jerry Lynn for the TV title. I think it was Living Dangerously 99. I'm not sure. It was either, it might have been Anarchy Rules. I can't remember. But anyway, it was that match. And then I started paying attention to ECW because that was when WWE revived it and Rob Van Dam was wrestling on there. And then... I remember, I think it was the second episode I'd watched, and CM Punk was doing vignettes because he hadn't debuted yet. But I just so happened Love to vignette. Yeah, his vignettes were good, but I just so happened to watch the episode where CM Punk had his debut match at the Hammerstein Ballroom. And then I think it was. God, who was that match against? I can't remember. Anyway, no, I take that back. I didn't watch his debut. And it doesn't matter. I can't remember. But they he did a backstage thing with Shannon Moore, and that was back when Shannon Moore was doing the, the Mohawk yeah. thing. And Punk called him a poser and slapped him. But I said, I was like, dude, really? This is fucking goofy. And then, but then I watched the match, and I was like, "Oh, okay, I'm down with this." And then from that week on, pretty much three days a week, I was at my buddy's apartment. And then I moved in to said apartment, and then it was like not even optional. Yeah, because it's just like, "Oh, wrestling's on." See, I fell out of wrestling. Um... Um, the last pay-per-view I remember watched, last pay-per-view I remember actually watching was December to Dismember. Ooh. Um, and I just, at that point, like, I felt when they brought ECW, revived ECW, and they, right after December to dis- Dismember, I just, I just started falling out of it. Well, because that's, that's when, uh, shortly after that is when Paul Heyman would be, uh, fired. And, and he will say it's not, it's not even, he claims it's not even so much him being fired as him being like, if they hadn't fired me, I would have quit because in his words, WWE didn't know how to do ECW. And I agree with that because prior to that, ECW was fantastic TV for the most part, you know, save the zombie spot, but I get it. It was on sci-fi. It's, it's a, I get what they were thinking, but it was kind of, eh. and then I, I still to this day love the new breed versus the ECW originals feud. I loved it. Yep. I feel like Elijah Burke was wasted. Now, granted, I think partially that was his attitude at the time from what I understand, but I mean, tremendous. It was tremendous stuff. Now it got weird when punk joined them, but then like two weeks later, he's like, I'm going to split them up from the inside. It's like, why you could have, <laughs> just not join them. Yeah. Because he didn't split them up because they had a match with the ECW Originals at WrestleMania. Which was also Um, a fun little match. uh, Another tag team. Yeah, we got a little off. Yeah, we did. That's okay. That's what we're here for. Yeah, it's just a conversation, folks. And by the way, if you're watching, because I got to keep that 
open. Drop your favorite tag team ever in the comments. Um, Who's your favorite tag team ever? My favorite tag team ever? That's oh, man, hard. I wrote, I wrote a list not too long ago because I have a few buddies at work. We always talk wrestling, too, and we're like, Who's our favorite tag team? Um, now, are we doing tag team or are we doing tag team slash stable? Tag teams. Because stable's, stable's a whole different animal. Wow. See what I have to pick. I was going to say, FYI, I don't think I can answer this question. If I would have to pick a tag team, it would probably have to be probably have to be Taker and Kane as Brothers in Destruction. I was almost going to bring them. Up. Well, you have to bring up the Brothers of Destruction. I mean, it, it it would it would it would have to be. I don't know. I think that would be the the tag team. I just I was gonna say I'm, I'd have to simmer on that. I don't think I can answer it. But speaking of WWE, which the Brothers of Destruction was almost cheating. <laughs> yeah, like it's bad enough facing one one of them, and then you have to face both of them. It's like this isn't fair. Nah, 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 not fair at all. Um, man, it's just so hard. Like I said, speaking of uh, WWE at that time, do you remember? The program, I forget which WrestleMania it was leading up to. I think, no, it might have been 23. Can't remember. But anyway, where Shawn Michaels and John Cena randomly won the Raw Tag Team titles. Yeah, it, it was WrestleMania 23. So good. It was. It was so good. And then Shawn just, ah, uh, That's booking wrestling. That's broken wrestling. Oh, but speaking of Shawn Michaels, you got to bring up the Rockers. I personally, I, I, I personally didn't really care for the Rockers. Really, you didn't see that's I, one. That's an old tag team I actually did watch because, um, I don't. It's not the only Shawn Michaels documentary WWE did, but it was the best one. Uh. I don't remember what heartbreak and triumph I think they called it, but they had a they had a few of the Rockers matches, and I was like, yeah, I would have been watching this if I'd been around at the time. Yeah, at that time I was more of a like a like a uh, Legion of Doom or like Demolition fan when it came to tag teams. But it's like they were doing stuff that is so like that would be considered boring today, but at the time, it was not it was not normal to do what the rockers were doing and it was they were doing flippy dippy bullshit before flippy dippy bullshit was the thing but they were doing flippy dippy bullshit that made sense yeah like when they do you know double drop kicks they look like they hurt when they're doing sunset flips they actually do it to get a pin not just to do a flip you know yeah you know, and it's, God, the psycho. We almost, by the way, we almost, instead of doing tag teams, which is Brian's suggestion, which it was like, good, because that sounds more positive. It was going to be just a bitching session about how much better wrestling was. Because, man, I can remember, you know, like, again, back 2006, 2007, that was can't miss TV for me. I, like I said, oh, 05, 06, 07 was the era that I grew up watching mainly. Like, I had all the the ruthless aggression figures. I remember the toys that came with the wrestling belts. I remember the double packs they had. I mean, wrestling was so, I mean, there was a time period when they had the elimination chamber come out. Wrestling was just amazing then. And it shouldn't have been because WWE was the only real game in town. Yeah. And it was awesome. Like I and said, I mean, every, every, okay. They had, more like super often 
dudes dressed up like 50s greasers in matches against dudes in kilts, and it was great. I do. Oh, what is their name? The Highlanders. Oh, Highlanders, yes. I love the Highlanders. And then you had a. Uh, um... Festus and uh Jesse and Festus Biscuits and Gravy Yes I love oh my god I don't remember which which uh, Luke Gallows talks about it a lot but he tells this story <laughs> he tells the story about Vince like coming up with ideas for their tag teams Yeah and apparently they're in a meeting and Vince looks at him and goes What's your favorite color? And Jesse just goes, uh, yeller. He's going to wear a yellow singlet. And then afterwards, Jesse's like, I don't even like yeller. He's like, why the fuck did you say it? God. I will say, though, as someone who saw them live at a show, they were fucking over Audience chanting, we want Festus. Wow. Like, they were over, dude. And I get it. I remember it's like, here come Jesse and Festus. Luke Gallows, if, well, actually, I take that back. Luke Gallows does have a podcast, Talking Shop with Carl Anderson. Luke Gallows is one of the legitimate, funniest people on planet earth dude's hilarious man who is i remember one episode of smackdown it was it was uh Festus in the ring and um the other guy what would you say his name was again jesse jesse was saying something on a promo and there was a uh, there was a job or something in a ring and jesse was talking about every time he heard the bell he would go off so the bell would go off, and then Festus would go fucking crazy on the guy. The bell would ring again, and he'd stop. I just love it. <laughs> I don't know how he didn't laugh, because for those of you who don't know or don't remember, like, literally, Luke Gallows just come to the ring like this. Yep, all the time. But then the bell would ring, and he'd do, he'd pull one of these. <laughs> it was so stupid, but it was great. <laughs> It was great. Because he just era. he just owned it, man. I tell you what, we're going to have to have an episode of just the mid-2000s wrestling. Absolutely, yep. Because, like, I could tell you watched a lot from that era, and I, I definitely watched a lot from that era growing up. We're just going to have to do a sit-down talk, talk about the mid-2000s. Oh, dude, there's, oh, so there's, oh, it leads into another tag team. There's some gold, though, because that was also when I was doing, uh, the internet show before it was cool, uh, weekly wrestling wrap up. We did two seasons and we literally just, it was funny. The first two episodes are really serious. And then we realized this is boring as shit. So then we turned it into a comedy, <laughs> but, um, leads into one of my, I think the fact that his career didn't, well, both of them really, but more so one isn't higher and it still might, but the world's greatest tag team, Shelton ben Benjamin and Charlie Haas. Literally about to say that. Or Team Angle prior to that. I was literally going to say that. Listen, the fact that Shelton Benjamin hasn't been like a big world champion yet is a fucking crime. Because... Or at least win it once. Do what? I said, or at least win it once. Once? I mean, what the hell? It's He's so funny. And... There, I don't know why. Probably because he was in a tag team for so long. There's this weird notion I had in my head that he was small. But then I saw him standing next to Bobby Lashley, and I'm like, they're almost the same size. Like, Bobby's a little bit bigger, but, I mean, yeah. they're, they're almost the same size. And holy shit, if you go, I don't even know where you'd find it now, Shelton Benjamin wrestling Brock Lesnar in OVW. Shelton is a freak of nature at, um, again, I think it's WrestleMania 23. He's in the Money in the Bank ladder match and does the spot where he, there's a ladder that's tilted on the floor and it's tilted leaning up to the top rope. Dude runs up the ladder, jumps onto another ladder, and then executes, I don't remember what the move was. Freak of nature athlete. Um, 
That may have been 23, but the first time he he, went, he jumped up a ladder was WrestleMania 21 when he clotheslined Chris Jericho off the top. Yeah, yeah, I remember that spot. I think it is 23, the one I'm talking about, where he did the run up the... How he's not been WWE champion yet, it's, yeah. cer- it's not lack of ability, and I think it's a crying shame. Sorry. You're good. But yeah, man, I think that's a shame. <laughs> we keep going back to the ruthless, ruthless, the bed. We keep going back to the ruthless aggression era. Era. Ruthless aggression era. Um, I mean, you got to talk about the Dudleys. Um. Okay, I was, I was got brain clustered for a second. Yes, the that's. They're still a solid tag team. I mean, they just showed up on TNA 1000. Yes, they did, which I'm pleased to announce. We'll be talking about Impact a little bit more because I figured out a way to watch it. Ooh, you have to let me know. Well, I can't share that with you because I'm... My parents have DirecTV, and DirecTV has a streaming platform. Interesting. So, Because I cut cable ages ago. Um I watch AEW through the streaming apps, the TB, TNT and TBS. Of course, now I just DVR it using DirecTV Stream, but it's easier. But uh, yeah, so should be able to say, that's assuming I can stay awake watching Impact. Cause I mean, I'm sorry. Sorry, not sorry. Impact sucks, dude. Well, not always, but for yeah. a while, for a while. Back when it was TNA, I actually dug it. Oh, yeah, like 2009 or like 2011, 2012, Impact was phenomenal. Because AJ Styles was still there. Yeah, that's because Kurt Angle showed up. That was, in two th- that was in 2006. Was it in 2006? I'm pretty sure. Because ECW started in like 2007, 2008. No, it was before that, 2006, brother. I remember because I, re- I remember this because, again, this is when I started watching. They did the original ECW One Night Stand in 2005. And then a year later, uh, One Night Stand 06 kicked off the new television show and RVD was the champion. Yeah, then they did RVD and uh, John Cena for the main so, event. Such a good match, dude. That whole pay-per-view is awesome. Why did why do I keep thinking? I think every every time when I think of ECW, I always think of like 0809. And I think it's because SmackDown vs. Raw, like the video game, they did SmackDown vs. Raw 2008, and it was featured in ECW at that time. And that's when I quit playing the games. Uh probably. But yeah, they started WWE CW in 06. Um, might be controversial, but I really dug Kenny Omega and Hangman Adam Page as a tag team. See, I wasn't watching AEW at that time, so I'm not I'm not I'm not quite too sure on that. It it worked. It I remember when they announced it, I was like, huh, that's weird. Um, they were great, man. They were awesome. And I thought it was really refreshing to see Kenny Omega in a tag team, uh, versus the, the predictable route would have just had him be a singles and, but no, they had some great match. Their match versus the Young Bucks was, I forget which pay-per-view it was, but it was, it was good. And I feel like, I don't feel like, I hate that phrase. I feel like, I think. The Young Bucks recently aren't getting the credit they deserve because historically they've been a great, great tag team. It's just here lately, the booking's just been non-existent, so it doesn't feel like it means anything. If Okay, so since we're doing like pair tag teams, a great tag team together was um, Batista and Rey Mysterio when they were tagging together. Yep. Yep, that was solid. Again, something that shouldn't have worked. Do you remember when RVD and Kane were tag team champions? 
I do remember that because that's that's not too shortly after Kane removed the mask. Shouldn't have worked. Nope. Oh, how about Daniel Bryan and Kane though? Oh goodness. When they finally hugged it out, that was so hilarious. That was good shit. Or or or, or Big Show and Chris Jericho. <laughs> Chris Jericho Chris Jericho and Kevin Owens. That was a solid one. As a tag team, they might have been the most entertaining thing in uh, WWE at the time. I remember I was kind of half-ass watching then. And I remember anytime Jericho and Owens were on the screen, I'm like, oh, watching that. Yeah, that would have been like 2012, 2013. Yep. I, I was trying. Man, I was trying. 2014, I kind of fell out of it in 2009. No, 2010. I was watching in 2009. But man, 2010 and 11 were just dog shit years. That that was bad. So I just, I got fed up with it. And then 2014, I got back into it because I discovered Lucha Underground and NXT at the same time. But, and New Japan at the same time. Um, no, New Japan was a little bit later. Anyway. I tried to get back into it so many times, and that was one of the highlights. Was I was like, oh, this might get me back into it. I think that was about the same time where I quit watching rewatching too. It was bad. I, I, stayed, I stayed like up to date with like WrestleManias and stuff, like big pay per views. But when it came to like everyday wrestling, like I just I wasn't wasn't watching it. Those were rough years, man. And actually, I was thinking today, man, because I'm, I'm watching All In back, and I'm just like, man, and this is going to be a controversial opinion. I almost wish AEW never happened. Really? Well, hear me out. Do you remember about, really, between the years of 2016 to 2018, how exciting everything was? Like, holy shit, Chris Jericho's going to New Japan. Oh, oh, yeah. Holy shit, all in. You're going to see Pentagon's coming and facing Kenny Omega, and Cody's facing Nick Aldis for the NWA title. This, 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 all that. And now that AEW's a thing, and, now, and especially with Ring of Honor being under its umbrella, like, none of the Forbidden Door pay-per-views have been stellar. Nowhere near what even the old War of the Worlds pay-per-views were like. And they had a partnership. Like, I mean, it's... And, like, Wrestle Kingdoms were huge events with stars, like, star-studded, and now everybody's under contract again. And I don't know, man. I miss those days. To me, it was just more exciting and better. Because, again, I'm watching All In again, and these are all indie... These are all indie guys. Except, funny thing, for the most part, the matches are good, like really good. The psychology kind of makes sense. Like, there's some indie stuff, but it's not stupid. Yeah. Like, I don't know, man. I just feel like sometimes it seems like AEW took that spirit and then just turned into WWE light. And it's a real shame because I had a thought today, too, speaking of All In, which has some stellar tag team matches, so not to get off topic. But you know what I would have loved? Tony Khan, it's too late now, but I think what should have happened with the concept of All In is I think the concept should have been the same and don't have it every year. Have it like every four years or every three. Just don't have it every year, but have it be that. Have it be just an independent show and it can be under ring of honors banner. That's fine. Cause the original all in was kind of under ring of honors banner, but it was actually everybody, you know, you had people from new Japan, ring of honor, MLW, CMLL, AAA, all the indies. And frankly, you can extend the invitation to WWE. They'll, they won't take it, but you know, you can say, Hey, who, because all in happens so organically. It was a Bullet Club pay-per-view, and then, like, you know how the NWA title match happened? How? Because they literally said, NWA was like, well, wait a minute. You got Ring of Honor. You got New Japan. What about NWA? We're here. 
And then Impact did the same thing. Impact was like, well, wait a minute, we're here. Like, that whole card came together so organically. And that's, that is honestly, what, and it's even Stephen Amell's like, well, fuck, I've wrestled, let's do this. Exactly, I mean, when you had All In, you had a huge amount of indie superstars that were top talent that you could put together matches you've never seen before. And now that you've created AEW, now have the rights of Ring of Honor, now we just see that stuff weekly and it's starting to get stale. And the weakness the weakness of some of the performers is showing because prior to that, you didn't see him every week. Yes. Yeah. So now we have... Now there's a... You have, you're, you have to try to make a pop with the fans every single show. Before, when you were doing it, you... The fans only seen you, I don't know, I don't know, five times a year or something like that. Some of the fans don't see you but five times a year wrestle on a show. They're popping for you all five times because they're like, I want more. I want more. I want more. And then now that we see you all the time, it's like now we just want something to make us pop. Well, and I another thing I noticed, so again, going back and watching All In, at the time it's so exciting, I didn't notice any of the, like, outwardly stupid crap but now that i've seen some of the i've seen these people evolve and seen them on weekly television now i notice little things it's like eh, like don't get me wrong nothing's really bad per se but i notice things now and i'm like i didn't notice it when i was there because i was just so pumped to see it but now that i've seen it so many times that's when i start noticing the little frankly i think new japan had it figured out because what New Japan does is they do spot shows for people to, like, for live attendance. But then they just do big shows. They don't have, they don't have, like, a weekly television show. Yeah. I, I, like, they have they have television show, but it's not, it's not like the WWE format. It's, it's kind of like, oh, this happened in Hokkaido, I believe. I could be wrong, but... I kind of dig how they do it here with Access TV. They take the big events and they chop them up so that they can have a weekly show. But it's it's an hour. It's digestible. They do edit matches for time. That's the only bad thing. But NGAPW World is nine is ten bucks a month. It's totally worth it. I still have it. I just don't watch it like I used to because I don't have as much time. But I think like I think AEW's biggest. I think there's too much AEW. Yeah. Just like there was a well, just like there was a time there was too much WWE. Oh, there is, and sometimes I'm like, man, three days a week are just sometimes are just a little too much for me. It's like I gotta I gotta watch Raw on Monday, then I gotta watch NXT on Tuesday, and then I got SmackDown on Friday. And now you've got three AEW shows, and don't even get me started on Ring of Honor. If I could figure out how to watch it, I would try, but. And seriously, I think Tony Cotton, like, maybe he's working it out, but I think he's making severe mistakes when it comes to Ring of Honor because it's just become AEW dark. Yeah, that's literally what it is. And it's like, geez, like, can you work on streaming the entire Ring Like, you've got the entire Ring of Honor library. You could be making so much money. And maybe, maybe that's in the works. I'll give them the benefit of the doubt. But, like, come on. Get off your ass. I mean, it, it only took them, what, six years, seven years to finally come out with a video game that, like, I I, I, I literally read these uh, this article the other day, and it's like, it was telling, saying that, uh, what was it called? I'm like, how many people are still currently playing? There's less than 500 people still playing that game on an everyday basis. Well, I heard I heard it kind of. I'm not gonna say it sucked, but I heard that there were quality issues. I've heard that too. I think their mistake with that was they just started throwing it out there too early, and then because there's there's a timeline for anticipation, and then you can overstay your welcome in that regard. You know, because like you said, God, they were talking for five years about this game, and then the game comes out, and there's no way, even if it didn't have issues, there's no way it's going to live up to the hype. 
because you've been talking it up for six years. That's, again, that's why I think All In worked, because they didn't spend, it wasn't even a full year that they were talking about it. It was a few months, and it was the perfect buildup. Like, they they sold out the arena without a card. But we got we got five more minutes, so <laughs> tag teams. What are some bad ones? Ooh, bad tag teams. Just some head scratchers. Oh, who are them carnival people? Um, ICP? No. They were WWE. They were NXT guys. Um, oh, damn. I just I just thought of an... Oh, I know one. Uh, <laughs> oh, you're going to hate me for this. Uh, street Profits. What? I hate the Street Profits, dude. I think them turning heel right now is just it's starting to work for them. I don't care. <laughs> They're a less talented private party. I knew you were going to say that. I have a That's what they people. are, dude. Too bad. <sighs> it's what they are. They're a less talented private party. H- has the private party won tag team gold? No, but that's because Tony Khan can't book wrestling. <laughs> oh, I-, I don't know. I thought of a really good one from NXT. Man, NXT had great tag teams. They did. Alex NXT was great. Um, but I'm thinking Blake and Murphy. Ooh. Who had no business being as good as they were. But I, man, kudos to this, if for no other reason, the fact that to do, and NXT did this all the time back in like 2014 to 2016, is they would have two dudes, never seen them before, ever, never, ever seen them. And, but the program's so good, I'm like, I'll give him a shot. And then I'm a fan before the match is over. Because it was good wrestling. I mean, DIY was a solid tag team from NXT. And I don't even like Johnny Gargano, and I have to... I have to give it up. They were a solid tag team. I need a bad one. <laughs> need a bad one. It's funny, though, because you don't really see too many bad tag teams, per se, because they usually don't last very long, and then you forget about them. Um, so, okay. These two individuals, I love them. I didn't like to run as this form of tag team, but when it was Eric Rowan and Luke Harper when they were the Bludgeon Brothers. I 100% understand what you're going with that. Either they didn't fully... The gimmick was dumb. Why did... Like, let's be real here. Why didn't you... The idea of it was great because it came from the Wyatt family. Well, but why couldn't you just have... And this is part of what WWE was doing at the time. Is there were a bunch of... Oh, fuck. War Machine. Great tag team. Dude. Underrated tag team that WWE killed. The minute they debuted on the on the main roster, they killed them. The Ascension. Mm. Dude, in NXT, they were fucking phenomenal. Another one, Arthur. The, was it Arthur's of Pain? Art of Pain? There's rumors that they're coming back. But yeah, Arthur's oh. of Pain. I didn't hear that one. I, I don't know how credible it is. It was something I'd seen on social media. I'd be interested to see them back. Yeah, I just think they got thrown on TV too quick. Because I mean, they got what they need. They just yeah. didn't. They just weren't polished yet. I can't think of any bad tag teams, man. They said because they they just don't last long. Um, I mean, best friends, but I don't. Again, I'm not hating on them as wrestlers per se i'm just i don't i think the gimmick is dumb yeah man i don't know off the top of my head man i can't either it's like it's so hard to think of bad ones because there's so many great ones but we got to wrap this one up because you got to go work yeah all righty so i will i want to throw in there everyone i will like to know 
there is in the works a gaming podcast. But right now I'm trying to figure out a name. I've been talking with a few other friends. Um, now what? It, and I got a I got a couple minutes. I just wanted to go a little early. I can talk about it just a little bit, so just to hear people out. Um, so I don't want to I don't want it to be something where it's up to date every time. Like we're going to go back in time and like um, we may do an episode of our top five favorite PS2 games and just go down the line of that or NES games, or we might just do a whole episode on a specific system and like the greatest games that came from that system or what was faulty with that system. So they didn't sell well or why they sold good, but there's definitely in the works. You could do a memorial episode for the Sega Dreamcast. I could. Dude, I'm telling, I'm telling you, Sega's entire game system career was being at the top of the pile, but before their time, because people weren't way. ready for it yet. Nope. Sega CD was way ahead of its time. But it's, but they've always been the superior system. Like if you compare the graphics to from the Dreamcast to even the PS2, like it's vastly <laughs> superior. Uh, some games. Well, okay, it depends on the game, but it had a better graphics engine. Yeah, for the most part, it did. For the most, for the most part, it did. I mean, I mean, there's definitely other systems you could throw in there that may be better, but like, well, they just didn't have good games, and yeah. people weren't, and it was expensive. But, uh, but yeah, I'm so, excited about that. The Sega Master System, I loved playing it. My dad had one. Holy crap, Sega Master System was amazing. I didn't have one, but, oh God, this is going way back. A friend of mine had one. And an oft-forgotten system because everybody loved the Genesis. Yep, the Genesis was the thing. But, like, everyone forgot about the Sega Master System. You could put the cartridges in or you could put the floppy disk in. Yep. And it's funny because Sega's always had, like, oh, this system's great. Oh, the next one's even better. And Nintendo does this ping pong thing where it's like, oh, this system's, which, I mean, this really started after the N64 because prior yeah. to that, they, like, they never had a, they didn't have a bad system per se outside of, like, some of the Game Boy models. But then you had, like, which I, I loved the GameCube, but a lot of people didn't like it. And then they I had. I, I personally. Oh, I, I personally didn't play much of the GameCube. Dude, I loved the GameCube, dude. I still love it. I think it's their best controller they've ever made. Um, I thought it was a little clunky. Compared to the N64? Oh, yeah, I will agree. The N64 controller was really weird playing it with some of the games. Because either you were holding it like this, or you are holding it at an angle. I And I totally, I totally get their logic. Uh, but then, you know, a lot of people didn't like the GameCube, and then the Wii came out and just changed everything. Oh, yes. But then the Wii U wasn't... It was meh. That, that's what I mean. So ping, uh, ping pong. Nintendo's done this ping pong thing where it's like, great system, okay system, great system, okay system. So their next one's going to suck. <laughs> I haven't heard anything about their next system yet, so... Nah, I, I haven't either. Just been making more versions of the Switch right now. Yeah, and then you've just got PlayStation, which does this. Yeah, like PlayStation. Well, PlayStation right now is kind of like a leveling off with all like the lawsuits and stuff going on right now, and Xbox is just starting to like finally like break past the point because like Microsoft's finally winning the battle, not like a, a superior models and stuff but when it comes to the games itself microsoft's really taken off from there that's why that's really why i wasn't much of a fan of the xbox i don't like first person shooters uh, i love first person but shooters. It, it, and i totally get it if you're a first person shooters fan you love xbox yeah not so much for me i never got into xbox because i didn't like the games there's no game that was exclusively xbox that i wanted to play but there were plenty of games that were exclusively playstation that i was like yep i'm down to play that 
So one last, one last thing before we cut it off. Personally, the only exclusive games that were PlayStation that I ever wanted to play was God of War and Ratchet and Clank. Ratchet and Clank. I um, loved, loved Ratchet and Clank. SmackDown newer, versus... Oh, go ahead. The newer ones were meh. But like up your arsenal and like the first one, they changed it from that because I don't know why I have both copies. I have an up, up your arsenal. And then I have the other copy too. Conquer's a bad fur day. Conquer's bad fur day went a bad one, but that was that, that was, in 64. 64. Yeah. But then uh, it came on Xbox, original Xbox too. That's right. Well, I will address the sponsor real quick. So everybody's going to stop watching now, but like I said, this podcast has been brought to you by Toon Talk 2.0, uh, where myself and Virus Fox, the lead singer of the band Again and Forever, they recently changed the name, uh, basically talk about all things pop culture, but how it integrates into everything, because it's like a big circle. It's like a circle. So you can check that out every Monday night at 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time or 7 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, because he lives in L.A. and he does everything on their time, and I'm like... You really shouldn't do that because most people don't live on your goofy-ass West Coast timeline. <laughs> but you can check that out, like I said, every Monday. And then Gaming Podcast coming soon, adding to the already extensive RTA Podcast Network. Toon Talk 2.0 was just added to the roster, and we will be expanding. We're talking to a few people who want to hopefully start podcasts, get in the game, but we require dedication, damn it. Yeah. What? Yeah. What? Yeah. Right, everybody. Thank you for enjoying this episode of Down the Middle. As always, please like, share, and subscribe. And let us know your favorite tag team or a terrible tag team in the comments below. And we'll bring them up on the next episode, which will be the, the best and worst wrestling weddings. Because Brian here is getting married next week. Golf clap. Yeah. So we... So we felt that to be appropriate. And if you prefer to listen to the podcast rather than watch it, you can check us out on all the audio streaming platforms, including but not limited, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Podcast Addict, Podbean, Amazon, YouTube Music, all those platforms, baby. You can just stick your headphones in your ear holes and enjoy the sweet, sweet sound of Down the Middle Podcast, baby. Yeah.